Amen. Well, hello, everyone. How are y'all tonight? Amen. Boy, he was, he was hitting some good stuff there, like Brother Hunter. I like when he said that right there. He goes, I've been overwhelmed at times not knowing how to fix the problem. My calling is not to fix bad decisions, but to preach the word and be found faithful. Uh, and he's, he's actually, Christians uh, also do the same, a little bit up above that. Also do the same, following the flesh, bad decision, follow the book, good decision. And that's exactly uh, what's wrong with most people today. Uh, no matter how you look at it, if, if you get into the flesh, it's going to end up being a bad decision. Take your Bibles. I get to go to one of my favorite sections tomorrow. Uh, go to Esther, chapter 1. I, I'm, tomorrow morning, I get to read Esther. Uh, you say, why is that? I don't know, man. It's just my Bible reading. But I had this message Sunday, and uh, the message I preached Sunday, this was part two of that particular message. And uh, I don't know how it became part two. Because I never figured out how the two fit together, uh, but they but it was it was tied together with the other one, and that's what Doctor Roman always said. You better watch out what you do when you get older. You'll forget what you did. So I forgot what I did, and how I tied them together. But uh, I just got done with Nehemiah today, and and when you start getting into the Book of Esther, Esther fits Esther fits between uh, Ezra chapter five, six, and seven, somewhere in that time frame. Uh, Esther is sitting in another part of the world somewhere, in Esther chapter four. Esther chapter four. Man, I tell you what, it's a, that's a, this is a great book. God's not mentioned one time in this book. Uh, it, it is a great book. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Thank you for letting us come to church. Thank you for uh, just Brother Hunter over there. Bless him and all the other missionaries out there tonight. Bless them, Lord. Uh, Father, they are sure going through a lot of stuff. And, uh, Lord, uh, they have to put up with a lot of stuff and endure a lot of stuff and watch people go through things sometimes, Lord, that they can't do nothing about. Uh, Lord, it's sad to watch that, but that's exactly what happens in life. People go through things because they choose to go through things, uh, Lord, because they can't get the bitterness out of the way. And, Lord, you, you're, this book is like a mirror, and it's, it's designed to show us who we are, not who somebody else is, but who I am and what's wrong with me, and then help me get that thing uh, corrected. And Brother Hunter was absolutely right. Uh, a fleshly decision always ends up wrong, and a spiritual decision is going to be based on this book is always going to end up right may not feel good all the time, Lord, but it's going to end up right. And I just thank you for the book. Thank you for the stories all through this book, Lord, and the teachings and the lessons. Uh, Lord, I just wish I could have learned these lessons back when I was a young man. Uh, and, Lord, now I'm 65 years old and still learning lessons. Uh, but, Lord, I just thank you for a book that you gave us tonight. Bless this service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a great story. Esther chapter 4, verse 10. Esther's at a place, and, and uh, Mordecai's got some issues going on. And turn on the mic. Now, that is smart, brother. That's good. Y'all look at that right there. That is good. You see how I figured that, man? I gave him an idea, and he takes my idea and runs with it and does a better job. Man, that's a blessing. I said I was going to put a strobe back there, something that flashes and gets your attention. He got my attention. Red. You need to make that red, white, and blue for America, man. America. America. Testing, one, two, three. Testing. Hey, turn the mic on. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what goes around comes around. Esther chapter 4, verse 10. See, that's teamwork. That's called teamwork. A lot of people don't get teamwork, but that's it, man. That's teamwork. And that's, that's in, in uh, practice, man, in motion right there. That worked really good, bro. That was smart. That was, that was brilliant. That's brilliant. Uh, I like that, man. I like somebody who thinks, man. Esther chapter 4, verse 10. Uh, Mordecai is sitting here, and Mordecai is going through some problems, and Mordecai is a picture of God in this book, but Mordecai is going through some issues and some trials are going on in his life, and brother, what you got to get to the place is you have got to quit. 
trying to take care of it yourself. You got to quit that. It'll, it'll, when you take care of it yourself, you're going to blow it. You can take care of a few things, but there's so many different variables going on in life that you can't figure the thing. Cyrus is sitting back here and told Ezra, go back. If you read the last part of Chronicles, he says, go back. Take. God started dealing with a man named Cyrus. The Lord has a plan. He knows what he's doing. You know what he wants us to do is get into that plan. Not your plan, his plan. And the only way you can do that is get into it. Sometimes we get overwhelmed. I don't know about you, but I get overwhelmed. I was talking to a missionary tonight, an evangelist, uh, brother, brother Combs. I was talking to him, and we're going to work on his car tomorrow or Friday. And, uh, and, he's, and he was saying, brother, he goes, you, he goes, you put up with a lot of stuff. I said, no, I don't put up with much. I said, and he goes, yeah, he goes, but you know pastors' wives have to put up with a lot too. I said, well, Beth has been spoiled rotten. He goes, what? I said, well, number one, she come to Dayton, Ohio. That's her hometown. I said, most pastors and missionaries, evangelists have to leave their hometown, leave their family, leave everything, and they're gone. And that's a burden on them. I said, she don't have that. I said, number two, all of her kids are here. Most missionaries have to leave and leave their kids, and they're far away from the kids, always worried. I said, she don't have that. I said, the only thing she's got is me and you. And he started laughing, which is enough. But could you imagine all of this plus that? Brother Hunter's absolutely right when he says that. He goes, I have been overwhelmed at times not knowing how to fix a problem. You know you can't fix everybody's problems? Amen. Some people's problems are their problems. They cause their problems. They're their issues. They're not mine. I'm sorry. I can't do nothing for you. Hey, I'll pray for you. I'll watch you go through what you're going through. But since you caused the problem, you're going to have to resolve the problem. You're going to have to do that. And that's what this book is. This is a great thing, man. It's, it's like a mirror. So I'm going to read you a problem. Like I, like I said, I had this message Sunday. I was looking at this thing Sunday. If I showed you my message that I preached on Sunday, let's see if I got it in here. I don't have it in here. I took it out. But the back, the first half of that message was the one I preached Sunday. The last half of that message, same paper, was this one right here. Esther chapter 4. And again, again, Esther spake to Hatak. Esther had a servant, and she was told that Mordecai is out there just... He's in ashes and sackcloth and he's running around and he's, he's uh, not feeling good and he's really in, he's mourning and Esther's like, what in the world's wrong with him? So she sends Hatak and gave command to, under Mordecai, uh, all the king's servants and all the people of the king's providence, is verse 11, uh, do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king uh, into the inner court. Now I need to stop there for a second because uh, Mordecai sends a note to Hester and says, look, there's some issues going on. She started, and we'll go into some of those here in a few minutes. There's some issues going on. And Esther, you're in a position to do something that nobody else can do. Well, back then, you just didn't. You know what? See, what we've missed today is authority. We miss that. We miss it all over the place. We live in America, and we think that we can do whatever we want to do, and nobody can stop me from doing That's foolish. Back then, you didn't do that. Back then, if I was the king and Beth walked in that back door and I didn't call her in there, I'd say, take her out and <laughs> not her anyways. I'd say, oh, come on in, Beth. Yeah, come on in down here. And I'd hold my little scepter out and she'd touch the end of that scepter and everything would be cool. That's what Esther did. But Esther's saying, Mordecai, Mordecai sends her a note and says, you need to do this. She goes, hey, you know how this thing works. If I walk into the king's palace... And I walk into where his throne is, and I walk in there, and I'm not summoned, and he doesn't hold that scepter out, I'm toast. Mordecai says, yep, that's true. So she's sending that note back to Mordecai just to, uh, just to make sure you understand what's getting ready to happen to me. You're asking me, now Esther is Mordecai's uh, niece, 
And he took her as his own daughter. So he's asking his own daughter uh, that he loved and, and cherished to do something that might get her killed. You know, sometimes to do what God wants you to do might cost you. And it might cost you everything you have. The question is, is do you have a relationship close enough to God that you're willing to pay that? Most people do not. You know, it, it takes years to develop that sometimes. Sometimes the Lord has to run you through one thing after another thing after another thing. That's why you go through the trials. When he shows you that you have a problem, the best you thing you could do is figure out, here, here you go, your end goal is to be a servant. It is not to be a leader. It is to be a servant. You know what a servant does? A servant doesn't say nothing. And a servant does what a servant's supposed to do. They serve. If you try to do anything but serve, you're going to screw the thing up. And what the Lord is going to show you is that you're not a servant. You need to learn you're a servant. And when you learn how to serve, then I'll give you something else. That just rubs us raw. That just goes against the grain of every American that you see. Uh, I heard a guy on the radio the other day say, uh, he's talking about a particular race in our country, and he goes, anywhere in this world, that race looks at America like you guys have got it made. They are treated terrible all over the world. He goes, this is the best country to ever live in. You have more stuff going on here. He said, the only people in that race that think America's bad is the people born in America. And they think that their lives matter more than anybody else's. And they don't understand what they got. They got food on the table, a place to sleep, and they think, oh, I got it bad. Well, there's all kinds of people that got it bad. There's all kinds of people that got it good. You're somewhere in the mix of the two. Esther is sitting here. She's, at the, she's sitting in the queen's palace. She is the queen. She's the one preferred above everybody else. Uh, the king loves her, and she knows that if I go in there, this, it could end up in my life being over. And it says, and all the king's servants, verse 11, and all, uh, all the king's servants and the people of the king's providence do know that whosoever, whether, whether man or woman, shall uh, come unto the king into the inner court, who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death. Except, there's always an exception to the rule, except some to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the king these 30 days. And they told Mordecai Esther's words. Then Mordecai just said, oh, well, okay, Esther, I don't want you to do anything that you just don't feel comfortable with. So you do whatever you, you think you should do, and that'd be fine. And, and we don't care about all the other people dying and everything else. No, he, he sends it back. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not within thyself, thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. It'll happen some other place. Don't you don't have to worry about it. God's going to take care of it. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come unto the kingdom for such a time as this? Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Bless the message, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We forget so many times. We want to excel. I mean, we, we got to have that. We got to have that recognition from man. I would personally rather have the recognition from God. I have more pleasure and peace and sometimes heartache and pain and agony and, and defeat and all the other stuff from God. But I'd rather have the recognition from God. I tell people that all the time. I would rather see the backhand of God across my face than to not see him at all. 
If that's the best I can do is get, get condemnation and, and destruction coming to my life from him, then at least I know he's there. And at least I know that I have the opportunity. I was going through uh, 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 Nehemiah today, or no, no, I was over in Leviticus. And it's, uh, no, Psalms, man, I don't even know where I was at. It's the Psalms, the Proverbs, Leviticus, uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, it's someplace, it's someplace in there. And David said, is your mercy clean gone? Is your grace all done, filled up? You have none left, basically? Is there none left for us? No, no, there's not, Lord. There's plenty left. I like that, man. I like it when there's always that, just that little air. I'm like, Lord, I can still talk to you. I can still get in there, and I'm going to take my chance, just like Esther here. Mordecai saying, Esther, you need to take a chance. You know what Esther's problem is? She's afraid. She's in a position of authority, of leadership. She got there because of her looks. And she got there because of her attitude and her, her and that's probably where this tied into that, because Peter had a lousy attitude. Esther has an undeveloped attitude where she, she's listening to her father. And her father is, is a picture of God. And Esther has got to listen to him and do something that she don't want to do. And she comes back, but verse 15, Then Esther bade them to return to Mordecai this answer. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me. And neither eat nor drink three days. That's really hard for Americans to do. Night or day. I also and my maids will fast likewise. And we will go into the king's, uh, in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. Mordecai did his half. She did his half. Esther, like I said, fits between uh, Ezra chapter 6 and 7. So what you're having here is, is God is working out a whole bunch of stuff in a lot of people's different lives, and each one of us matter what we do. And if you don't do exactly what you do, Mordecai's right. God will pull that thing from somewhere else because it's going to happen. But he wants to do it with you or me. If you let him, he wants to do it with you. And sometimes, guess what? You're going to get scared. And you're going to get frightened and you're going to go, oh, oh, if I do this, uh, no, you got to throw all that up. Is God capable of doing it? I like what he told Sarah. He told Abraham, is anything too hard for the Lord? I'm like, no, man, nothing's too hard for you. You can do anything you want. There is absolutely nothing. There is nothing you can't do. Period. So if I trust you, if it hurts, if they kill me, then I get to go to heaven right then and there. And then the Lord says, you know that ain't going to happen. He goes, because I know, you know, I know, you know, you know, I know, you know that you know that I know that you want to come here. And I ain't going to send you here yet because you know that. And I ain't going to give you what you want. I'm like, well, Lord, that ain't right. He goes, yeah, but he goes, you're doing what I want you to do. Why not do it? You know, there's a lot of people. You know, he shows you, he shows you some really interesting things in the Bible. Jesus Christ died on a cross all by himself. Why do we think we're going to have a church of 10,000? You know what I expect? I expect to be all by myself when I die. That's what I expect. Now, it may not happen. But I expect that to be happening. I expect everybody to get mad at me and leave me, and, and I'm all by myself. Why? Because that's exactly what Jesus did. The more you try to serve him, the worse it's going to get. For some reason, we have this that thing all backwards, that the world is just going to love us. I don't think they're really going to love us for telling them that they're going to hell if they don't get saved. I don't think they're going to love us. Ezra is sitting here, and, and there's a guy named Haman, and Haman wants to kill all the Jews. Actually, he wants to kill Mordecai. I like Mordecai. Mordecai is cool, man. Mordecai stands in the gate. He stands in the, in the gate of the temple like this. And here comes Haman. Haman's done sucked in there. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. You, all you have to do is remember, God's got it. He's got it. It may take some time, but he's got it. 
Haman gets elevated to the king because the king doesn't realize what's going on. He got the king's ring. He comes in his little horse, you know, and he expects everybody to get down on their little hands and knees and bow down and worship him. Well, Haman, uh, Mordecai is a Jew. He ain't going to do it. He's not supposed to have any other gods before me. He's not going to worship no man. You know what? If you know your Bible, you, there's things you're not supposed to do. And Mordecai said, I ain't going to do it. So all the people do that. Mordecai don't. I had a lady the other day ask me, she said, are you going to, are you going to, uh, we were talking, and I said, I was in the Navy. She said, oh, oh, are you shell back? I said, no. Now, I could have told her the story behind that. I wasn't going to do it. I was on the USS Scott. We crossed the equator, and a shellback crawls in all this filth and garbage, and everybody that's never been across the equator has to do it. I said, I ain't going to do it. Franklin looked at me and said, you ain't going to do it. I said, no, sir, I am not going to do that. I said, I am not going to walk up to some guy who calls himself King Neptune and has a grape in his belly, and they pick the fattest guy on the ship, and they just smear his belly with grease and put that grape or cherry in his belly, and you're supposed to go up on your hands and knees after you go through all this other garbage and get beat up all over the place down through here and go try to get that out of his belly on, his, uh, right to, uh, on your knees. I said, I ain't bowing down to nobody, man. Franklin said, okay, Elliot, I know you're a wacko, crazy Christian nut. He goes, you don't have to because you fix everything. And he goes, I ain't going to waste you on nobody, man. He said, Jesus, go up and sit in the E.T. shop and stay there until this thing is all over. And it'll be cool. I'll take care of your problem. I said, good. So I go up to E.T. shop, man. You know what I do? I make me some Mama Station iced tea. I sit there and drink my tea, have a good time, let that thing go on. You know, God expects you. He'll show you some little things. You, brother, that was not a little thing. That was a huge thing in my life. And I said, I am not going to do it. I was willing to lose everything I had right there for that thing. But I, wasn't, I didn't learn that that day. I learned that as time went on and I started walking with Jesus Christ. And I learned some basic things about him. And he says, hey, Mike, how about this? Hey, Mike, how about this? Hey, Mike, how about this? And one day that happened. You know, it was another three years that the chief's mess happened. You know what he was doing? He's building me up to all that stuff till you get there. And once you get to the place, it's like, wait a second. Man, if I don't do this, I'm going to fail you. And if I do this, I'm going to fail you. And, and I don't want to fail you. But if I got to fail you, I'd rather fail you trying to serve you than fail you by doing something stupid. That's just the way I think. I mean, you might think it's crazy, but that's the way I think. I like stories like this. They mean something to me. Because I can look back at my life and say, Lord, that was me one day. And you were telling me to do something. And it was hard, but you said, trust me. You know, our problem is, is trust. It's hard to trust somebody you got to get to the place where you just trust them, man. You just trust them. I like trusting people. Ezra, Ezra, the king stirs in Esther's day. Ezra, Ezra's a prisoner over in Babylon and, or somewhere in one of the providences. And the Lord stirs Cyrus the king up. And he's in, how did Cyrus, man? He said, you start getting into this story. Oh, he goes, I'm going to have to shut up. I, I'm not going to finish this all tonight. There's no possible way unless I start talking faster. And then you're all going to say I talk too fast. But, but Cyrus, I mean... <laughs> He tells Elijah, and go over, to, go over to Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40, no, Isaiah, Isaiah something, man. Isaiah, 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 Isaiah. I'm looking for uh, Ezra, Ezra, he tells, it's, it's one of the latter chapters. Wait a second, why don't I just look in Esther? Uh, why don't I just look, what is it? 45, thank you very much. Isaiah 45. Look at this right here. Now, the date on this is 712 B.C., 45, 712 B.C. That's, and the date on, on Nehemiah, or actually on Esther, let me get there, 
Esther chapter 4 is 510 B.C. That's 200 years later. Esther is sitting here. So in, in Isaiah chapter 45 says, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed to Cyrus. Cyrus wasn't even thought about yet. The, that's 200 years from now. Cyrus is going to pop up. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden to subdue nations before him, and I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two leaved gates, and the, the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make uh, the crooked place straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder. Uh, verse 3, and I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of, of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which called thee by name, am the God of Israel. Could you imagine Cyrus, 100 years later, 145 years later, born? Mommy has a little baby. What are you going to name him? How about Cyrus? Cyrus sounds like a good name. Why Cyrus? I don't know. Cyrus just sounds like a good name. Well, but, but Cyrus, you know, nobody's called Cyrus. How about, why Cyrus? Because we want to call him Cyrus, because that's just what I feel like the Lord wants me, or, or that's the name I want to call him. So she calls him it. Little Cyrus grows up, and he's coming up through that, and he, he's in some rich family's house. He's probably some prince or whatever, but uh, what's the chances of him becoming a king in Babylon, the number one king with all the power and authority to send the Jews back and open up the gate? And Cyrus comes up and grows up, and one day Cyrus is sitting there, and Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, somebody uh, in Ezra, you start reading the list of names that went back, somebody walked up there and said, hey, Cyrus, King Cyrus. And they, had, they were like Daniel, man. They had the cupbearer. They could get right in front of the king, and Cyrus is there, and the cupbearer walks in there, or whoever walks in, a butler or baker or whatever, says, Cyrus, can I show you something? What? Well, my, my God wrote this book 200 years ago. This story was written 200 years ago, and there's your name written. Cyrus looks at that thing and says, whoa. What a thing, man. That's me. I said, yeah, that's you. He said, but I'm a wicked king. He goes, yeah, you're a wicked king. God doesn't said he's going to use you. For what? <laughs> he said, you're going to let the Jews go back. So I said, well, I can't do that, man. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Boy, everybody get mad at me. And the guy said, but aren't you the king? He goes, yeah. He says, isn't whatever you say happen goes and nobody can stop you? Yep, 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 yep. Then what's the problem? You're right. I got it, man. He said, give me somebody. Ezra, Ezra. Is that Ezra out of the court? Come here. Hey, you go back and send anybody with you. And I'm going to send all the stuff that we took back with you. And we got it all. As a matter of fact, I don't know why we got it all. I don't know why we didn't smelt it down and make something else out of it. But hey, we got all the stuff that we done took from you guys a long time ago. And we done stuck it over here because Darius done used one of them one day and he got in big trouble. So we don't want to do that no more. It's all like right over here somewhere. And you can take all that back with you. And that way, and I'll give you the money to build your temple. And I'll give you the money to build the walls. I'll give you the money do all this stuff. And well, the walls weren't there yet. That was Nehemiah. That's a little bit later. And he said, I'm going to give you all this stuff. And Esther's probably looking at him like, you okay? Did you put something in his cup? <laughs> like what? Is no, he goes, my name's in your book, man. I was told to do this. I'm going to do it. Because I know Nebuchadnezzar didn't, and he got in trouble, man. He had to eat grass for like seven years. I ain't going to eat no grass for seven years. I don't even like grass. He goes, I, I, he said, I don't smoke it, don't drink it, don't do nothing with it, man. He said, I don't want it, don't want it. You know what, you sit there, I'm trying to get you to see that God's plan is so much bigger than each and every one of us. Amen. And sometimes we get so wrapped up in our lives that we figure that we forget that God is greater than all of us. 
and he's got a plan that he's working through here. I don't know about you. I just like to be part of what he's doing. Amen. I, always, I Man, I get depressed all the time. Uh, I'm depressed all the time. Beth said, you just want to die and go to heaven. I said, yeah, man, that's, that's really what I would like to do. I said, but he ain't going to do that quite yet. Uh, well, he'll do it when he's ready to do it. And I'll go when, you know, that's to be selfish to go. If he gave me the opportunity to die right now, and I'm like, Lord, am I supposed to die right now? And if he said, yeah, I said, okay, let's go, man. But if he says, no, Mike, you're really supposed to live for another 25 years, it would be selfish for me to say, take me now. Because I don't know what he's going to do in the next 25 years. I just know I'm here right now today, and, and there's still tomorrow. And there may be something he wants me to do tomorrow. I, I'm, or he may me have something that he wants me to finish today. Esther, chapter 1, Esther is deposed. Vashti, I've heard so many preachers preach on this. And they'll, they'll slam Vashti. You know, Vashti was part of God's plan. She had to do, she did not want to go in and do what the king told her to do. But I'm telling you, here you go, here's the next problem. Here's the next If you don't want to do what somebody don't want you to do, then don't take the job that's going to put you in a position to do what they want you to do. Don't ever do it. Why would you go take a job that's going to put you in a position to do what they want you to do, and then you say, I can't do it? There's something bad wrong with your thinking process. I didn't know when I went in the Navy that they, I didn't even know what a shell back was. I didn't even know that was going to happen until I got there. If I knew back before the dad would probably still join the Navy and went in and figured out, well, who knows, man. I mean, but I didn't know none of that stuff. Chiefs, I never thought I wanted to be a chief, but I never thought I was going to make chief. And I didn't know what a chief's initiation was. How was I supposed to know I was going to be under Master Chief one year, one of the wickedest chiefs in the United States Navy? And that guy was going to set me up for what I was going to do. How was I supposed to know that? I wasn't supposed to know that. But you know what you do? We, we sit there and we do stuff that we shouldn't do. And then when the outcome happens and we got to deal with it and we got to face the music, we don't want to face the music. Oh, that, that's what's wrong with our country today. I don't want to work all the way up. I just want you to give me what you're supposed to give me so I can. How do I know what you're supposed to have? You're supposed to work for it. If you don't want to work for it, then don't expect ever to get it. I'm not mad at Elon Musk. I think it's great, man, that he can launch rockets and land them. I'm not upset with Gates, even though Gates is, is a, a climate change lover, person, faggot lover, all this other stuff. I'm not mad at him. He went out and earned his money. I better get back to this. <laughs> Chapter 1. <laughs> Queen Vashti is in charge, and she must have been one really good-looking lady, and the king's got all kind of drunk, and that's why he shouldn't drink. Uh, and then he got in front of all his friends, just like uh, Herod did with John the Baptist, and John getting his head cut off, but he calls out and says, Vashai, come. And I want you to dress it in the, the, the royal apparel, which probably wasn't anything bad. I mean, it's probably the crown and all that stuff. And she was in some feminist movement and said, no, I'm not going to do it. I ain't going to, well, hey, wait a second now. You're the queen. And you either do what you're told by the king or else he gets rid of you. And the way Esther said that he gets rid of people, you won't like that. But he had grace on her, and he didn't get rid of her that way, and he just deposed her. He, his guy said, get rid of her, because she's going to make everybody else start doing the wrong thing. A little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. Ezra, Ezra, Nehemiah is pictured here in this event with Jerusalem. Esther shows uh, the event in Persia at, at the same time. So Esther is sitting back here, and Esther, uh, Esther is now starting to come into play. She's out there minding her own business. She's like uh, Rebecca. 
And she's not doing anything, feeding the camels, doing whatever. You, and, and the king says, hey, man, we got to go get his, his advisor says, you need to go to all the good looking women in the, in the kingdom. And we'll bring them in one at a time. We'll let them sit there for about a year or whatever and, and make sure that they're clean. They'll come into the king and, and, uh, and you choose whichever one you want. And Esther was the one that got chosen. That's all of God's plan. You know what? God had a plan that he knew that Haman was going to do what he's going to do and go after the Jews. But he needs somebody in place to start doing some things and set things up and make everything happen the way it's happened. Esther Ahasuerus makes a feast for the princess. He, I just told you what he did. He deposed her. Chapter 2, Esther becomes queen. Uh, Mordecai sits, go down to verse, uh, uh, chapter 2, verse, verse 21. Mordecai just happens to be in the gate. Brethren, you're never just someplace where you just happen to be there, by the way. The Lord, it says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Mordecai did. Lean not on thy own understanding. He didn't. In all thy ways acknowledge him. He did. And he shall direct thy paths. You know what God did? He directed Mordecai right to this, this gate that day. Chapter 2, chapter 2, verse uh, 21. Chapter 2, verse 21. And it says this. In those days, while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, Big Than and uh, Tertia, uh, chamber, or, or Tertia, of those which kept the door, were wroth and sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. That's a great, that's a great passage. Mordecai could have shut his mouth and said, hey, I, th I think I'll just let, uh, let him take out king. Verse 22, it says, And these things were known to Mordecai, who told it unto Esther, who now happens to be in a position where she can do something. So Mordecai now has, how did he do that? You can't arrange this stuff. Uh, uh, and Esther certified uh, to the queen, and Esther certified to the king thereof in Mordecai's name. And inquisition was made of the matter, and it was found out that therefore, therefore they were both hanged on a tree. And it was written in a book of the Chronicles before the king. Chapter 3, never mentioned again. Yet, yeah, for a little bit. It's all forgotten about. That was the Lord said, hey, 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 Hazarus, forget about this. Just write it in a book and put it off to the side. Chapter 3. Haman starts plotting. 1 through 5, uh, chapter 3, and after these things did King Ahasuerus promote Haman. Haman gets propped up. The worst thing you can ever do is get lifted up when you're not ready to be lifted up. Because all of a sudden you'll think you're something that you're not. And in time, that thing's going to play out. And all the, the best thing to do is wait on the Lord. Be still and know that I'm God. Wait, I say, wait on the Lord. You know why you go through Bible college? We've got a couple, three or four people to get ready started. You know why you do that? So you can slow down and learn what you're supposed to learn and get that thing on a gradual basis so God can start dealing with you. You know what the worst thing, uh, if you're in Bible college right now and you're taking it from a distance, or even if you go, the worst thing you'll ever have to do is stop and do what's in front of you right now. Finish the course. Paul said, I finished the course. God never used Paul until Paul had already learned everything he needed to learn from Gamaliel. And all the other places he learned and all the education he had, and then he knocks him down over there, he's ready. Uh, most of us are never ready, and you got to fight and show yourself that you're willing to do what God says do. If you won't do the simple things, you won't do the hard things. I'm telling you what, Bible college is a simple thing. It just takes time, and every one of us got time. You're going to spend time doing something, one way or another. Three years from now, you're still going to spend that time. Uh, Tim, I like Tim. Tim, was, he's very time conscious. He said, I ain't going to waste no stinking three years. I'm going to do it in two, and he did it in two, so he busts the thing out. Uh, Sarah thinks she can do it in a year. I'd like to see her try. She looks at she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to have to 
mess up our internet connection and all that other stuff, man, because we ain't going to have no girl beat out a guy in our church. That ain't, that ain't going to happen. Haman plots. Uh, he plots a massacre. He hates the Jews. He hates Mordecai. Mordecai won't bow down to him. Everybody else bows down to him. Then here comes Haman's friends. Hey, what do you think about that Mordecai guy? Everybody else bows down to you, Haman, but that Mordecai guy won't bow down to you. What do you think about it? And it just makes him matter, matter. You know what your friends are your deadliest enemies sometimes? They'll come in and say the wrong thing at the wrong time, and all it does is make you bitter. Bitterness is as a canker worm. It'll eat you up. You know what bitterness is? God lets bitterness in your life to show you that you've got a problem. You have got a problem. The best thing you do sometimes when you're bitter is shut your mouth. Never say a word. Mm. Mm. And just let it eat. <laughs> and, and, just, and then go, oh, Lord, why is it? Yeah, it's all wrong. This is wrong. I know it's wrong. It's all wrong. That's what you ought to do. Haman never did that. Chapter 4, Haman plots. Media goes to work. Verse 13. Go down to verse 13, 413. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Am I in the right place? Haman, no, chapter 3, verse 13. 313. It says, And the letters were sent by the post under the king's providences to destroy and kill, and to cause, kill all the Jews. They want to kill every one of them. Because Mordecai was a Jew, Haman now wants to get the Jews and kill them all. Haman didn't realize that the, the queen, Esther, was a Jew. Esther never told everybody she was a Jew. You know, sometimes you don't have to tell everybody everything about you. Sometimes it's not good to go out and just spill your guts. I'm telling you, Americans, we are the stupidest, ignorantest people you've ever seen in your life. I can do what no, you can't. And sometimes we spill too much guts, and then we get, we get ourselves in trouble. Chapter 4, Mordecai pleads for help. He goes to Esther. He does it. Chapter 5, Esther contrives and aids. Esther goes before the king. Uh, she takes a chance, and she goes in there, and she walks. I can, I can see that lady's knees probably knocking. Knock, 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 knock. She knows she's got it in with the king. She, she's already been with the king a couple times, and the king loves her, and she knows that. But still, the king's in front of all his friends. And if he's drinking the right way and all this other stuff, he may or may not do what he's... But she said, I've never seen him like that with me. He's never been that way with me. I'll go in there and try. And the Lord already has that thing, sits up and gives the king a, prep, a, a peace in his heart. And she comes up and he holds out the scepter and she gets in. Uh, I'm just going through this chapters real quick. Chapter 5, Esther tries to plan. Mordecai is honored. Uh, here, here's where it starts coming around. I like this part. Mordecai sits there in chapter 6, I believe. Is that 6? Yeah. Uh, in 6, Haman's out in the, in, the, in the vestibule, and he's sitting out there in the middle of the day, and um, night, whatever time, and, and the king's on the throne, and, and uh, Mordecai's just sitting there, or uh, Haman's just sitting there saying, I'm going to get in, I get in, get him in. The king loves me, got his ring, everything. He's going to call me in. Uh, then he's going to elevate me even more. Uh, I'm going to be it. I'm it. I'm it. I'm it. I'm it. No, you're getting ready to get your neck cut off. You're getting ready to get hung. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. We are not smarter than him. And he will come back on us so quick it will make your head spin. I like just sitting, I'm learning just sit and wait. Be still. Uh, you do what's in front of you, you got to deal with what's there. Uh, I had to deal with some stuff today, man. You just deal with it. I deal with stuff from the morning to night, man, all, all day long. It's a crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. I went out, I'll tell you what the blessing was. I went out there and... And uh, Noah, they took the van up. I got the white van fixed. Air conditioner's working fine on it, man. It's, it'll freeze you out of there. Uh, then Noah, Noah's, well, the blue van don't work either. Air conditioner don't work on it. I'm like, oh, rats, man. 
I said, okay, I'll figure this thing out. So I go out there today, and I'm thinking I'm going to take it back over to a place and have them look at it. And I raise the hood up and grab hold of the thing, and it's cold. The, all the, holes, uh, the lines are all cold. But the blower's not working inside. I said, well, there's a resistor pack in here and everything else, and, and here's the fan. And, and I go to pull it, and I heard the fan come on. And the fan, the plug that goes on the fan was all messed up. I'm like, oh, check that out, man. It all works. I just go to the junkyard for four bucks, get another plug, and put it on. I shouldn't have said that, man, because it's $70 for that plug if you go to Ford. I could have charged you 70 bucks for that. I just messed up, man, didn't I? <laughs> I'd have messed up. I go to the junkyard and get it for uh, six bucks and three bucks to get into the junkyard. For nine bucks, I get the plug. And it's like a brand new plug. So I pull it off another, I pull off three or four of them in the in junkyard just to look at them. They all look good. So this one, uh, they must have had a bad motor or something went bad in that one time and replaced it and burnt the cable. But anyways, uh, now it works. And I'm sitting there going, that was an accident, by the way. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just out there looking at a couple things and it starts working. And the Lord says, you don't even have to take over and spend another three or four hundred bucks to have somebody fix it. You can fix it for nine bucks. I'm like, ah. I said, I don't know if I want to do this, Lord. He says, look. It's before you, just do it. You're going to use the van here in a couple weeks. Going up north, you're going to need it, man. Well, hopefully it'll snow and they won't need air conditioning. They'll need heat, but the fan will still work and they'll get heat. Esther helps him. Mordecai is honored. All of a sudden, Slick King can't sleep that night. Lord keeps him up. And if you ever want to go to sleep, read something, man. It'll put you to sleep. King says, hey, man, we got a thousand billion trillion rolls. Go grab a roll. Any roll, any roll will do. Just come in and start reading it to me, man. Put me to sleep. I want to go to sleep. So his, his guy goes in and gets a roll and comes back in. Go to verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 1. 6, verse 1. I'm, I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying. I can do this all in a couple minutes after I get started. This is all just set up. On that night, king is sitting there. Ahasuerus can't sleep. It says, on that night, could not the king sleep? And he commanded to bring the book of records of the chronicles uh, and they were read before the king. He's just probably about ready to go to sleep. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Big Thai and Tertia, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door, who sought to lay hand on the king's, uh, on King Hazarus. And the king said, the next thing out of his mouth, what honor and dignity had been done to Mordecai? And they go, oh, oh nothing, your king. You just had him write it down and forgot all about it. He said, well, that ain't right. He said, who's out in the vestibule? Haman, get him. And he goes, Haman, he goes, Haman, who, what should you do to somebody that the king really wants to honor? You know what stinking Haman wanted? He thought it was him. How, why do we always think it's us? It's me, it's gotta be me. That's why I'm, I'm the greatest anyway, so they should love me. Why do we always think it's me? Yet that's Haman. And the king says, you know what the Lord will do, which is an amazing thing? He'll let you hang yourself. He goes, Haman. Haman goes, yes, king. Ring. I got a ring. You got a ring? I got a ring. He goes, uh, what should I do? He goes, man, you know what I'd do, king? I would take your horse and your clothes and your crown and everything. I'd put it on that guy. Then I would get that guy and get somebody to walk around in front of him and pull the horse through and say, this is what the king will do to those who he loves. He said, good, go do that to Mordecai. And about that time, oh, Haman starts going, he realized his goose is cooked. And the Lord is setting, vengeance is mine, said the Lord, I shall repay. He'll start setting that thing up in front of you, and you will not be able to get out of it. When it, when it gets ready for them, you don't have to worry about nobody coming up against you, nobody doing anything to you, anything of that nature. You don't have to worry about a thing. 
God knows that in time, brethren, in time, if we all die and go to heaven and those people don't get saved, they will go right to hell. What more, what more punishment could they possibly have for all eternity? I mean, I don't need to bring any, any punishment to anybody, really. I don't need to do that. Haman is sitting there, and, and he goes out, and, and he has to do that stuff, and the destruction of Haman begins right there. And chapter 7, uh, uh, the king, she gets in before the king, and the king says, what, what do you want me to do? She says, oh, well, you know what would be really great? Is if you and Haman would come over to dinner at the house. And Haman thinks he's really something. So he goes over. And then he comes back the next day and says, well, what do you want? Up to half the kingdom, you can have it. She goes, come back tomorrow. And tomorrow, Haman gets it. He gets it in the neck tomorrow. He gets found out what he's doing. Uh, the Jews in chapter 8, the Jews are avenged. They get out of the problem. The, the thing happened. Romans 8.28 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things, this is one of the greatest, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. The book of Esther is really not about Esther, it's about Mordecai. But Esther had to do some things that, that nobody else could do. Mordecai remains faithful to God and what he thought was right, uh, no matter what the consequences were. He was not going to back down. One of the hardest things we'll ever learn in this life is, brethren, we're going to get ready to go through some things, I think, in this life uh, that is going to be unbearable to most people. Yet we cannot forget that our God is God. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ done beat the whole thing. He's done one. He's got the victory. We're right there with him. We got it. We don't have to worry about a thing. He's going to get us through. He's going to get you through. You don't have to worry about that. All you got to do is do the right thing. And you're going to be, sometimes you're going to be put in a place where you're going to have to fold or make the right decision. And you may think that you're going to lose and you won't lose. You can never lose with Jesus Christ. You cannot lose. No matter what the outcome is. Uh, because of one man's actions, his people was not only preserved, but they elevated the Jews in the kingdom. Mordecai did right. Mordecai did right. Now, if you place this thing where it's at in, in, the, in your Bible, you got Ezra chapter, Ezra going through, and they go back to build the temple. And they're in a realm of, of stuff going on that the people of the land do not want the Jews to come back in there and take that land over again. And they're out to destroy them and stop them from building that temple any way they can. Because of what Cyrus did and wrote it down, when it got time for them to go back, Darius sent them back and Cyrus, Cyrus uh, sit there and they said, go read the books of Cyrus. And they read it and found the scroll and said, go do it. And then they backed them. And the Jews, because of all their people in place that the Lord had got into place, the Lord said, you're going to go into captivity for 70 years, but you're going to come out at 70 years. And when you do, you're going to go back in land. The Lord already had all that set up. So when he told Jeremiah there was a prophecy happening and in 70 years you're going to be in captivity, the Lord knew those 70 years exactly what he was going to do in those 70 years so that when that 70 years was up, the Jews were ready to go back in the land and they were going to have the backing of everybody on this planet in places to get them there. What do you got to fear tonight? Honestly, what have you got to fear? You know what we need to do? You know what Daniel did? He woke up every morning, he prayed three times a day. Pray morning, noon, and night. You know what he did? He did whatever the king told him to do. 
And if the king told him to do something he couldn't do, he said, can't do that, king. He goes, I know, man. I got to throw you in the lion's den. He goes, them suckers tricked me, Daniel, and now I got to do it because I got to do it. Daniel said, don't sweat it, man. Don't sweat the small stuff. That's small stuff. Don't worry about that, king. I still can't. He goes, Daniel, I know you can't, but your God's going to deliver you. You know what Daniel's testimony did? Gave the king the ability to know that I got to throw you in, but you'll be okay. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got him so mad that he threw him into the fiery furnace. And when it was all said and done, the Lord was standing in the fiery furnace waiting for him. You know, the Lord's never going to, he said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. And, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, before they went in that fiery furnace, says, look, if I die, I die, but I will not bow down to your God. I will not do it. Why? Because the first, thou shalt have no other gods before me. What do you expect me to do? I told you, I like it over in Nehemiah when they're on their way back. I think it's Nehemiah or is it Ezra? I hope I got it. Maybe a, let me go back to Nehemiah. I'll stop right here, man. It's already 759. I still got a man, man. I'll tell you what, this is a great book. This is, it's just a dynamite book. I think it's in my other one. It probably is, man. I, I, Ezra. I thought it was Ezra. Last part of Ezra. Hang on, right there, right there. It should be like right there. That's probably in my other one. Yeah, it is. I don't have it here. It's not that far back. Yeah, here you go, here you go. Yeah, right here. Ezra chapter 8. Ezra chapter 8, verse 21. says, Then I proclaimed a fast, Ezra did, there at the river of Ahiva, that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek him, to seek uh, him a right, a way for us and our little ones, and for all our substance. The kings done said, go back. And we told him our God is going to take care of us. And listen to what he says right here. Verse 22, he says, For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way. Because we had spoken unto the king, saying, The hand of our God. Oh, you know what I hate? I hate somebody says, God's the will of God is. I hate when somebody says that. And then they run and hide from what they just said they were going to do. 44 guys in my class all said the will of God was to graduate. 11 of us did. What happened to the other 33? Man, you weren't, you definitely didn't have that. I was ashamed because we had spoken unto the king saying, the good, uh, for the good that seek him, or wait, the, the hand of our God is upon all them uh, for good that seek him, but his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. So we fasted and besought God uh, for this, and he was entreated of us. Lord, we don't want to go and ask somebody else for help when, when we know you can do it, and you said you were going to do it, and the king knows you're going to do it, and we're just going to sit here and wait for you to do it. Have you ever thought about just waiting on God? The wicked was dealt with and punished. You don't have to worry about that. I like it. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Now, i got a story here, and I'll be done after the story. Jim Elliott, I mentioned this Sunday morning. Jim Elliott was a missionary. The guy was 26 years old, I believe, when he died. Uh, Jim Elliott and a, a, a man that went with him, Fleming, Pete Fleming, uh, and, and, oh, I, I'll give you all of them, Ed McCulloch, Roger uh, Yoderan, Pete Fleming, and Nate Saint all, all flew down there to, to witness to this tribe. But a lot of things transpired where they went down there uh, to do this, and and they, they started from a, a, a plane dropping stuff down to them, trying to get into them, and they thought they had a place to get in. They were actually taking them on, on plane rides. They took some of the tribesmen down on plane rides. Uh, they, they did whatever they could do. On October the 8th, 1953, he married a, a woman uh, up at uh, Wheaton. Her name was Elizabeth Howard. It became Elizabeth Elliott. 
no, no relations to mine at all. They spell his with one T, mine is two. Uh, they had a child. Uh, Valerie was born uh, February the 27th, 1955. Ten months later, Jim Elliott was killed by those tribes down there. Elizabeth still raised that child. Jim and his group, I mentioned McCullough, uh, Yoderin, uh, Fleming, and uh, Nate Saint, made contact uh, with a Piper PA-14 airplane. I can, I can see him doing it, man. I mean, just excited as they could be. They, they were doing what God said do. Uh, they had no idea what was going on. They had no idea how to talk to these people. They had no idea. That's what a missionary does. You know what we are? We're all missionaries. Have you ever talked to somebody and didn't know how to talk to them? He mentioned that uh, uh, today, uh, that you're sitting there and you're trying to talk to somebody. Oh, that was Tom mentioned that. He was sitting there and he walks in. Lord says, Tom, talk to this guy. Give him a track. And he walks off. <laughs> correct? And then he comes back out. Guess what? That guy's still sitting there. You know why that guy's still sitting there? Because he hadn't talked to him yet. That's why he ain't still sitting there. And he's going, Tom, you're going to talk to him, man. I'm going to make you talk to him. You talk to Tom, brother Tom, he'll say, you know, I'm not a really good, strong, you know, he's like me, man. He just, he doesn't talk a lot. I don't talk a whole lot. So it's, but, but, but you got to force yourself sometime, man. I mean, you just got to force yourself. They all go down there. They don't know how to talk to these guys. Uh, after several months, the men decided to build a base short distance of the, the village that there was there where the, the natives were. Uh, they were approached one time by a small group uh, and even gave them airplane rides. Uh, encouraged by these friendly encounters, man, they thought God was in the thing. They began to plan a visit. Uh, their plans were preempted by the arrival of a large group of about 10 of these warriors, and they killed all five of them. Threw their bodies in the river, and they floated downstream, and they came up and got them. You think that would be it? Jim Elliott was the first of the five missionaries killed. Uh, I don't know how they figured that one out because, oh, they, later on, one of the tribesmen told him uh, when he and Pete Fleming were uh, greeting two of the attackers, Elliot's body was found downstream along with those of the other men. Uh, Ed McCullough's body was found later further down the stream. Uh, uh, in his Bible, uh, Jim Elliott said this, why do we need a voice? And I mentioned these, these verses or these quotes Sunday. Why do we need a voice? Why do you need God to tell you anything when you have a verse? You know what these men did? They had a verse in the Bible. Go unto all the world and preach. That's what they had. Then they had a desire, and they just did it. And they died. Man, you could always write a sermon on it. Two of them are D's there. I could have, if I could have pulled another D out of there, man, I'd have got it. I might just do that. And you think, well, they failed. No. On trusting, you know that was on the Bible. He gave you a verse on what he thought the Bible meant to him. I got a verse in the Bible that tells me to go, and I'm going to go. You know what the Lord did? He sent him right to his death. You say, well, what about that? He had a wife with a baby, eight, ten months old. You say, what about that? He wrote this on trusting God's word, on trusting God. He is a fool who gives what he cannot keep. You cannot keep your life. There is no way you, it's appointed on a man wants to die. There's no way you'll know when your day is. You could leave here tonight, just like Bobby did last year. He left and he died. And, and we come back from camp and you never think Bobby would be the one. A week later, Bobby's gone. <clears throat> you say, how did that happen? I don't know. It just happened. You never know when that thing's going to happen. You, you say, and he goes on, he goes, and this is just the way Jim Elliott, I like, I like Jim Elliott. Jim Elliott sounds so Jimish. Jim, Jim, Jimmy, Jim. No. <laughs> he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep, God. That's like Esther. You know what Esther did? She gave something she couldn't keep. 
She was told what to do, and Mordecai scared her to death, and she did it. She couldn't keep her life. She put it in the hands of God to gain that which you cannot lose. I got saved in a, on a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky in 1980. I haven't been able to lose that for 43 years. Now, I don't know about you if you've ever lost yours. I have never been able to lose mine. I've done a lot of things. I should lose it. I haven't lost it. That, that isn't even half the story, really. And I don't know if I got the rest of it. I, I probably threw the rest of it away. But Elizabeth Elliott and, and Nate Saint's wife and Jim Elliott's wife stays down there. And because they did it, there was a lady there that had a, gate, a door opened to them. Hey, I got it right here. I thought I threw it away. Valerie was born. Uh, that was uh, their daughter. Uh, February 27, 1955, was 10 months old when her father was killed. Elizabeth continued her work with that tribe for two more years. Now, you would think that tribe killed your husband, and you would, you would hate them to death. You know, that's what most of us do. Somebody does something to us, and we just want to get back at them. You know, the Lord says they don't know what they're doing. He told that to Jonah over there. He said there's 70,000 or 60,000 people here in Nineveh. They don't know their right hand from their left. They can't make a decision. And he says, Jonah, don't you? You know what Jonah's problem was? He had no grace. Two women from that tribe living among the, that group, including one uh, named Deuma, taught the two the language. Uh, and Miss Elliot and uh, Rachel Saint both learned that language. When Deuma returned to the tribe, she created an opening for contact by the missionaries. In October 1958, Mrs. Elliot and Rachel Smith. Uh, Elizabeth Elliott and Rachel Smith went to live with them and started evangelizing them, and the rest is history. Nate Saint's son, Stephen, went down there, and the tribesmen took him to a spot. And he said, hey, I was the one who killed your dad. And he, he took the spear and, and put it in his hand and stuck it in his chest and said, kill me. He took him to where the plane was buried. Part of the plane was buried. And he stuck that spear. The natives stuck it in. He said, I was the one who killed your dad. And, they'd say, and uh, Stephen said, I ain't going to kill you, man. There ain't no way I'm going to do that. He goes, they, and he said, they became friends. And they were friends to the day he died. Brethren, there's no way you can figure this thing out. You have to trust him. There's no way you can figure it out. Uh, I'm telling you, you're missing the biggest blessing. You think about that young boy, and his dad dies, and he, he meets the guy who killed him. And it might have been with the spear he had in his hand. I don't know. And that guy gives him the opportunity in a, on a riverside bank down there that nobody would ever know in a million years that you just did it. Gave him the cause, gave him the reason, gave him the spot, said your dad died right here. He said, I killed him. That young man says, no, you're talking about grace. Lord sitting in heaven said, look at that right there. He said, that little boy right there, man, has every right to kill this man. But he sees him as a brother now, not as an enemy. And anybody is capable of doing anything on this planet. Anybody, anybody, I don't care who you are. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single one of us, and there's not one good, no, not one. Not one, not one. If you think you are, you're sadly mistaken. If you're looking at somebody else and thinking they should be, you're sadly mistaken because you're the problem. My problem never was somebody else. My problem was always me. And to this day, my problem is still me. It's still me. It's not anybody else. I don't look at anybody else as my problem. I got the problem. 
And one of these days I'll figure that thing out and I'll probably be dead when I do it in heaven. And the Lord will give me a new body and a new mind and new everything and I'll be okay then. But until then, you know what I'm still doing? I'm like Esther. I'm going to be scared and I'm going to walk before the king. And if I die, I die. Because there's a greater plan in our lives than just me. If you can meet those Indians down in South America today, there's a bunch of saved ones. The whole, I mean, just tons of saved people. Be, Mrs. Elliott died in a room. She had Alzheimer's, uh, dementia. She died not even being able to do anything she used to do. Lost her husband at a very young age. Daughter grew up without a dad. Uh, she got remarried, but that's not your dad. Your dad, I mean, you can try all you want, but a real dad is a real dad. And, and in her mind, her dad died down there. And they went away never thinking much. They, they opened a door. Five men died, had to do it. Are you willing to let God do to you tonight whatever he wants to do to you or with you to get further his plan? I tell you, I am. We're going to take a few minutes here. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for this story. Thank you for uh, those five men, Lord, that gave their lives down there. But, Lord, they're just, there's countless other men down through history, uh, Lord, that's done the exact same thing, countless women that gave their thing. Uh, Lord, uh, I just pray tonight, Lord, that you use us. Lord, there's men and women in this room that you could use, and you could use mightily. But, Lord, we got to get past ourselves to do that. Father, I just pray tonight that you'd open our eyes and our hearts, uh, Lord, to the forgiveness and the mercy that you have. And, Lord, you want to extend mercy. You came down here and gave yourself at Calvary. Uh, Lord, you gave yourself, uh, uh, put yourself in the hands of men, uh, Lord, to let them do to you what they did to you, and Pilate and Herod both did to you, and all the soldiers did to you, and then they hung you on a cross. And, Lord, you allowed that to happen uh, to yourself uh, so that we could get in. And, Lord, uh, tonight I just pray that you'd give us that same kind of heart. You, won't, you may not ask any of us to ever do anything like that, uh, Lord, but uh, when you do ask us to do stuff, Lord, I just pray that you'd put it in our heart to do it. And, Lord, uh, get over the fear of serving you and just serve you. Thank you again for tonight. Uh, bless the service, and Father, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. The altar is open if you want to come. Uh, take a few minutes and just pray. Uh, I'm telling you what, brethren, the, the key to this whole thing in life is serving Jesus Christ. The key is, is serving him. There is, it, there is nothing else that, that is even comes close to that. But if not, Brother Joe, if you want to come on up.